You're listening to The Brave Yes, the show where we explore the many brave yeses heart-centered, passionate women must make in order to show up in this world more fully as you, without apology. I am your host, Sean Fink, a coach for women who are ready to dig out from the rubble of shoulds and expectations and start leading with courage and authenticity. This podcast is brought to you by the Rise Stronger in 2021 Challenge, a free seven-day training designed to give you six science-backed tools to bring you greater well-being and resilience. Each day for seven days, you will receive an email from me with a new element to explore and sink into in your real life. I hope each element will inspire you to do things a little differently so you can be stronger for whatever you choose to do in 2021 or whatever comes your way. This challenge will be closing down soon, so I encourage you to sign up now. We'll put a link in the show notes and in the blog post for this episode. Enjoy the show. Imagine waking up each day to go to work, and rather than dressing to feel confident and beautiful, You dressed to hide your beauty and your radiance. Now, imagine how you'd feel under that system of oppression of your own worthiness. Now, imagine changing that story so that you can finally dress to be you, dress to feel amazing to shine more brightly in this world. How would that change how you feel about yourself? How would that change how you see yourself in this world? That's exactly what today's show is all about. Today, my guest is Victoria Kageni Woodard. She is going to share her story of being a single mother who worked in the male-dominated construction industry in order to have the lifestyle she wanted for her family until she just could not do it any longer, not even for another minute. You're listening to The Brave Yes, the show where we explore the many brave yes leaps that heart-centered, passionate women must make in order to show up in this world more fully as you, without apology. I'm your, sh- your host, Sean Fink, a coach for women who are ready to dig out from the rubble of shoulds and expectations and busyness and unearth your own brave yes journey. If you are considering a brave yes leap or trying to find yours, I offer free soul clarity coaching sessions to see what my style of strategic yet soulful coaching can do to unearth your inner longings and make them happen so you can be you, finally. I'll leave a link in the show notes so you can schedule your session. Today, I am so excited to have this conversation with Victoria. Victoria, as you'll hear, is actually local to me, and I've been following her story for a few years And so when I was putting together this series, I knew she had to be a guest 
in our Brave Yes Voices group of 10 women. What I love about this conversation is that it fits so perfectly into the work that I am doing with women to find that calling that totally allows you to be you. I call it soul alignment so that what you believe and who you are and your values and your integrity are all connected and in alignment. So what you're going to hear today is two different versions of a, of a woman's story. There's the version where she was doing what she needed to do to get by and how that felt oppressive and restrictive to when she finally embraced who she was and trusted herself to go out and do things her way and to live her way. And honestly, if and I will put pictures in the blog post but to see her physical transformation is amazing. And she talks about this, but also what you should know is that this conversation has opened Victoria's eyes up to what the work is yet for her to do so that she can shine more brightly in the world. So her story is not over. It's really just beginning. and. I think it's a beautiful example of someone who is really so capable of so much, but so trapped in the rubble of survival and the rubble of hiding and the rubble of pleasing or trying to conform to what society has created for us as women. So please sit back grab a cup of coffee, listen to Victoria's story, be inspired because at the end she gives some wisdom. And I just love every minute of this, this episode. So enjoy. Today, my guest is Victoria Kageni Woodard. Victoria grew up in Kenya and is a wife, mother of four and fashion designer. When she moved to the US, she began working in the construction business where she was able to cultivate a spirit of unity and maintain her integrity in a white male dominated industry. She is now the creative force behind Gusa by Victoria, a women's clothing line that infuses her African heritage into working women's clothing. She is also the mother of a child on the autism spectrum, which has propelled her in all that she does. Welcome, Victoria. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sean. I'm so excited to be part of your podcast and Happy New Year to you and your guests. Oh, thank and, you. Yeah, Happy everybody New listening. Year. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is a great way for us to start. I've been surprising all of my guests with a question that mm -hmm. is uh, inspired by the great mystic Howard Thurman. Mm -hmm. How is it with your soul these days in, in this time? Whew. I think <laughs> there's much to be grateful for to begin with. I am here. I made it through 2020 and we are healthy. We had a little scare because we did actually have the COVID. My husband did. Mm -hmm. wow. um, yeah. And then I started developing uh, symptoms, um, which is difficult not to if you're, you're the caregiver in the family. 
but um, mine was not as as uh, severe as his was, and uh, we both came through it, and we are grateful to be alive, and we didn't pass it on to the kids, and we're here. That's so amazing. Much, yeah, there is much to yes. be grateful for. Oh, yeah. yes. Oh, goodness, yeah. for sure. Yes. Well, I am so glad to hear that you made it through. Um, mm -hmm. We've been spared so far in our lives, so mm -hmm. I'm very okay. grateful for that. Yeah. So this show is called The Brave Yes, which was a direct mm -hmm. phrase that came out of my mouth the day after I decided to pivot the work that I've been doing in the world for nearly a decade, which was mm -hmm. to drop my Abundant Mama brand and come out in the world as myself, Sean, mm -hmm. a coach, mm -hmm. a whole yeah. person, not just a mother. Mm -hmm. There was more to that story, but the thing that came to me is that I can't be the only one who's doing this very scary, very brave, very exciting thing, which mm -hmm. is what the brave yes is all about. Mm -hmm. And so I chose you and I'm going to tell my listeners here that I chose you. You're the only local person that I've chosen for this round of this series, because mm -hmm. I've been following your story all along. And I think um, just as I was thinking, I need to add another person into my lineup you shared a picture of yourself from, I guess it was probably several years ago, uh, before your brave yes. Mm -hmm. And then I look at you now, I mean, physically, <laughs> you are stunning. I, you know, and we'll show pictures of that, but you are so stunning. And, but in that picture, <laughs> you, you were not you, you're not the you that I know. Um, so that's what I want to get into to start here today. Mm -hmm. Every brave yes, because I've been doing this work with women for a long time, mm -hmm. every brave yes journey begins with a catalytic moment, mm -hmm. right? It's that, that before that sort of done, I'm done moment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'd like for you to talk to us about the beginning of your story before your brave yes. What was life like for you then? What were you doing? How were you feeling? And then we'll talk about the brave yes part. Okay, so my story begins many, many years back in Kenya, where, where I was born. And then after my formative years of, of schooling in Kenya, my parents um, decided uh, to allow me. And I say allow because a lot of African uh, parents don't uh, willingly or are not brave enough to just uh, uh, agree to send their daughters off to a foreign land to make a, a living for herself and make something out of herself. So I came to the United States and um, was a student at Savannah College of Art and Design, which is um, why I uh, finally was able to find my brave yes to do what I'm doing now. But before all of that, I, uh, when I came to the country and I was going to school and then I decided, okay, uh, I want to be around family members. So I moved to Pennsylvania. And um, in my time here, um, I became a single parent and had four children. And then I had to figure out how I was going to be able to sustain them, to sustain the, the, uh, the lifestyle I wanted for them. And I found myself in the uh, construction industry. And for 10 years, I spent many, many hours because uh, that kind of work uh, necessitates your um, participation or you, know, you needed to be at work for you know, long hours, 16, 16 hours was not uh, new, wasn't uh, a strange thing. And I spent a lot of time out there 
just because I wanted to make sure I held one job, not two jobs, not three jobs to sustain the lifestyle I needed for my, my children and I. And so that is where I, uh, you know, cultivated the uh, spirit and the tenacity and willingness and fortitude to stick it out and do what you needed to do. And as women, I think we're, we're very good at that. Yes, <laughs> do we <what> are. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so it didn't phase me that uh, I had a lot of work to do in uh, showing up braver than I thought I was that I knew myself to be just uh, working on that muscle of showing up at work every time even you even though you know they did not want you there uh, and I think it helped me I think the thing that helped me was the fact that I did not grow up in the United States so I wasn't um, uh, faced with you know the same struggles uh, my African-American uh, family uh, would be faced with like, you know, the, I mean, racial discrimination and things like that well, is, is a global thing, but it's not, it wasn't as intense as someone that grew up here. So when I came, um, a lot of the biases and um, the hardships were not, was, wasn't something that I could readily recognize. And I think that's what helped me stay at the job that I did. Um, because those times it asked people would ask me, how, how do you feel about bigotry and things like that? I was like, um, I, I mean, I don't, you know, it's, it's not something I'd, I'd want to be in the middle of, but at the same time, I was in the middle of all of that, but I could not recognize it. Um, but then 10 years later, I began to start picking up on things and understanding why someone was talking to me a certain way why they didn't want me using a certain type of uh, uh, equipment uh, and things like that. But um, after a while, I, I realized that my soul couldn't take any more of that beating. And I needed to return to the things that made my heart sing, which is, you know, just being a creative person. And yeah, so that in a nutshell is, uh, was my life. <laughs> yeah. So I want to unpack that. I love that you just said that it, you, that you you didn't feel it in your soul, right? Because mm -hmm. that's the work that I do with women is that soul. I call it soul alignment, mm -hmm. which is when I left my nine to five job, I felt it just wasn't me. I also mm -hmm. needed to be more creative because I'm a creative yeah. person. Yeah. But I'm wondering too about your story before, mm -hmm. um, because I talk a lot about being yourself. Yeah. And that that is soul alignment, right? When mm -hmm. what you believe and who you are and you can express it in the world. Mm -hmm. So when you are working in a male dominated industry, you strike me now as somebody who is very feminine. Mm. Did that did that did you feel that tension at all? Um, yes and no. Yes, because all those hours I spent at work. I may have been there physically, but my head and my everything else was elsewhere. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about what I could have been doing with my time, how much fabric I could have gotten. But at the same time, I'm counting that paycheck. That's going to be really sweet when I get it, which means I get more fabric and more expensive fabric. But uh, I also knew that for me to survive in an industry like that, I needed to make myself as unattractive as possible. And so I made sure I got the biggest clothes, <laughs> the mm. baggiest jeans, no makeup, cut my hair, no earrings, all of that. 
And it, it just was um, a protective mechanism for me. Mm. Uh, but at the same time, it killed me because I knew the person within me wanted to desperately come out. But because I had children to take care of, I had to hide all of that. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And that, I mean, that is so, I think it's so common mm-hmm. for women. And, and I think that your, your job in, in construction was kind of almost the extreme, right? Mm-hmm. Like not, most women are not doing that. Yeah. But, but, but many women are in a job or a career where they're just dialing it in and they're mm-hmm. hiding because it's not really the, the fit mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. And they don't know how to express that or, or to get out of it. So, yeah. so you, you, hit, you hit this point. What was that like moment where you're like, I'm done. I've got to get out of this. Or did you have a plan Mm-hmm. to uh, start your own business and, and get, get into fashion again? Yeah, well, I, I knew that I was, didn't want to spend any more than the time that I already put in, the 10 years. Uh, but I think what made it even, so I, I did have a plan of sorts. I just didn't think it would come the way it did. And for me, it had to do with the fact that the, a new administration was coming in. Um, and I'm talking about the one that's just left the White House. Um, so leading up to the election and the campaign season, that was what we all remember it to have been. This would have been 2016. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew I needed to get out because I could, I could sense and I could feel and I could hear and I could see all the signs of all these white men that I'm working with in the heart of Pennsylvania who were for the person that left. And for me to pretend that I wasn't seeing all of this and for me to bite my tongue because I didn't want to express my political uh, views about what was happening and what was coming that was not going to be good for people of color, I knew I need to get out. Um, And so um, things just happened, just fell into place. I decided this is this is the last assignment I'm taking. I'm not going to be um, because I was part of the um, International Union of Operating Engineers, which makes me uh, a member of the union that te- takes you. So it's the hiring hall that takes you to all these places that you, that uh, bodies are needed. And uh, and it, it feels strange for me to say that, but re- really that's what it was. <laughs> they needed a body in a in a in a machine, and that's where they sent you. So for me, it it really came to a point that I felt I I couldn't stay any longer and I needed to make a way out of this place before the elections got here. And one thing led to another, went to a coffee shop at my good friends at uh, Ironic and I just expressed to them and I said, look, I I, I can't wait to find a store. And they're like, we have a store for you. And, and that's how it happened. So I, I was able to transition gracefully and, and not necessarily just yell at people and, and you know, call people names after I've, we've had this heated political discussion and then walk out of the job and not, you know, all of that. So it, it happened the way it needed to happen. I remember when I left my nine to five job to mm-hmm. take, take my business full time, mm-hmm. there was a, a big, huge fear. <laughs> 
and we, I remember having that conversation with my husband. Okay. Mm -hmm. We have six months, you, you know, I'll give myself six months. And, Mm -hmm. and then if I, if it doesn't work, then I'll get a job. And, you know, (laughs) here I am eight years later, um, still questioning, right? Like I'm still questioning, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I'm wondering, um, so you must've been making clothing all along Mm -hmm. that -hmm. was sort of always happening. So yes. when you did finally take that sort of that leap, the brave mm-hmm. yes leap, were you afraid? Was it scary for you? Yes, it was because I had always wanted to have a storefront and I never had done that. Uh, it was always a dream, always a dream. And then when it, were pre- it was presented to me and they're like, here's a store. I was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to fill this whole store? And you remember you've been to the, sh- uh, you, yeah. you did come. I it was not, it wasn't a small thing. It was a whole building. <laughs> <laughs> It so was a like, big building. It was. And I, I I, was scared. I didn't know if I was going to be able to sell enough. I also wanted to keep um, trying to be creative and figure out what else I could be doing if clothes were not selling. What else could I be doing if, um, you know, uh, winter happened and we didn't have so many people out and wanting to be out in, in, in my clothes and stuff like that. And that's how everything else came to be, the workshops, the language uh, workshops, the uh, uh, cooking excursions and things like that. But yes, it was scary. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I I think being resourceful seems to be, it was sort of your, your, your survival technique was, how can I be creative and resourceful? Were there any Mm -hmm. other resources like inner resources that you needed to do to, to step into this dream? For me, it, yeah, it ab- absolutely had to do with just meditations, uh, finding space to be able to read some some books or listen to podcasts and listen to a lot of music and, um, you know, just be part of whatever everyone else is doing, just keeping an eye on or following people that were inspiring to me, people, uh, creative people, um, people that, that um, were doing work that I wanted to do that um, now that I have this shop, I, I wanted to be able to keep in line with what everyone else was was talking about and just to be to remain viable, I, I guess is, is the word I was looking for. Yeah. Yeah. So what what has the, the this brave yes led to for you? How's it changed your life? Because you seem different now than you were in that picture that you shared from being in the construction industry. Yes. <laughs> And I think the the biggest part for me is returning to who I really am, um, the softer side of me, um, because it just felt like I had to not only put on those big, baggy, ugly clothes on, it just felt like I was putting on an armor, you know, it was just heavy. And now that I'm thinking about it, it, that really was something, you know, when you look back and you think to yourself, how did I do that? You know, it wasn't just the clothes I was putting on. I had this weight on me, you know, weight of keeping a job, weight, weight of remaining unattractive. So nobody's talking to you at the job. (laughs) It was an armor. You were putting on armor. Yes. That's what it was. Wow. In more ways than one. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Protection. Yes. Protection all the time. But yeah. So I, it, it, when I finally left it, I returned to the softer side of me, you know, Uh, the creative things at the shop, but also coming home and remembering that I always liked to cook and I wanted to try all these recipes. Um, I returned to my summer uh, 
garden, my vegetable gardens that I always liked uh, to have around me. So things like that um, is, is what I, you know, just coming into my own again. Yeah. You know? Came yeah. home to yourself. Yes. I love yes. that. Yes. Yeah. So what has that led to you in your business? It has given me the, uh, the courage to do so much more than just the clothing that I had in mind, you know, because uh, the shop became an oasis of people wanting to find out more than the clothes that I was, you know, putting out in the marketplace. So once they found out I was from Kenya, they wanted to find out what kind of food I, food I grew up eating, what kind of music I listened to, and all of, you know, everything that encompasses me as, a, as, as an individual from, uh, from Kenya. And so it gave me the courage to begin things like the music festival, you know, it just began like a small um, community event for people to come and listen to different genres of music. And um, so it grew from that into this two day uh, music world music festival, which we call the Gusa World Music Festival and the courage to reach out to people to support that work uh, because all that money wasn't coming out of my pocket. But uh, so because <laughs> learning, how, <laughs> learning how to be a fundraiser, learning how to talk to stakeholders in the community. So this other person just showed up and uh, it's, it's something that I keep on, you know, try to nurture and cultivate because I, I, I have bigger dreams, you know? And uh, yeah, so that's, that's what it's, um, that's, that's where we are right now. Yeah. And you became a leader in your community as a result. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Who knew? Who knew? Exactly. <laughs> who, who would have known all of I that in you? <laughs> exactly. I love that. So yeah. what wisdom would you like to offer to another woman who might be in a job that they don't feel like they can be themselves in? What wow. would you tell them? You know, if nothing else, if there's anything this COVID thing has taught us, it is that we really are, are the creators of our own reality, you know? Uh, who knew that this pandemic would last this long? Who knew it would grow into, or would open up the, uh, the racial reckoning that we're all going through as, as, as you know, not just the United States, but the, the world, because yeah. this is happening everywhere. Uh, who knew that we would end up with a, with a new administration with a woman in the vice presidency? So if nothing else, this pandemic has really taught us, first of all, that there is no time like the present. Um, we are the only people, we are the people we've been waiting for. So mm -hmm. no one needs to give you permission to do the things that you've always wanted to do. Will it be scary? Yes. Was Kamala Harris uh, 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 scared or, you know, I'm sure she had her own, her, her own moments of not thinking or um, not believing that she would be where she is today, but that really we have the power to be just about anything we want to be. And we do not need anybody's permission. As scary as it is, we have to take that step and make it happen because the moment you decide this is what you want for yourself, the universe just opens up doors like you wouldn't believe, you know? Yes. So that's, yeah, that is the message I'd leave people with because your children are getting older. If that was your excuse that, oh, I'm waiting for the kids <laughs> to get older, they're getting older, you know? <laughs> Everything is happening. 
you have to you're getting yourself. older right i know yeah, I, I don't mean you but we are no, like, I, I know i know time is precious time, time is, is precious. precious and there is no time to waste you yeah. know so take what you have because we all have a gifting there is no one else who does what you do the way you do it yeah so go ahead and do this thing do and it. surround yourself with people yeah that will support you surround yourself such good advice yes love yeah. it perfect yeah all right so now i'm gonna fire off these questions to you uh, okay. that i ask all of my guests um yes. they're meant to be fun and uh real and honest so don't overthink them so the first question is what does brave yes mean to you brave yes to me means that we are going to take on this new thing that might not even be new it's something that's always imbued in you but the courage to say I'm going to do this regardless of what anybody else is saying or regardless of how fearful I may be just to go ahead and do it yes yeah do it <laughs> yeah we're gonna keep saying that over and over <laughs> I know what is a favorite life adventure that you have already experienced and what is a future life adventure you would like to experience the gosh, I um, the one thing that I had always wanted to do was um, skydiving. And I did do that. And it was scary. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> but I did it anyway, you know, wow. which is a, which is the common the running theme in, in, in our discussion today. You just have to do it, you know. So that's, that's okay, the one maybe. <laughs> I can think of lots of things I might want to do, but I don't know about that one, Victoria. I'm gonna. No. <laughs> but that when? So when did you do that? I did that. Um, I want to say almost seven years ago. About seven years ago. So before you made your brave yes leap. Yes, yes. Before mm, I did that. Interesting. Yeah, but it's it's part of interesting. The yeah, it's part of a journey because it, it gives you the uh, the push that you've needed, you know, and when you look back in your life, you will see certain milestones or markings that will show you, look, I did that and I was able to do it. So it gave me the strength to do the next thing. And it doesn't become so daunting when you're looking at the next big thing that's in front of you. Yeah, it really isn't. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, after skydiving, not much else is really <laughs> that it's like it's up there in the books for me as like. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're braver than I. So what is your future? I mean, that's a big one. So what's your future yeah. brave yes going to be? I don't know. Well, the, the future one, I think, has to do uh, with water. Uh, I grew up in Kenya in the coastal town of Mombasa, and uh, I've always wanted to be um, to to get my uh, captain's license. Um when I was younger, and I'm sure a lot of us went through this, uh, when the, the movie Jaws came out and your parents took you to see that thing. <laughs> and it's just put the fear in me that I still haven't been able to shake. Oh. I, I, can, I can swim and all of that, but I will not go into the ocean. Um, scuba diving is right along, you know, this one of the bucket list things that, uh, that I have to fulfill and uh, getting a, a captain's license is, is, okay. the, is my next big thing, yeah. Okay. Very yep. good. Yeah. I love yeah. those. Yeah. yeah. I can see. Yeah. I don't, I don't do much ocean swimming either. So <laughs> yeah, oh, I have a lot of, I, you have opened up for me all the brave 
All the brave yeses I still need to <laughs> put on my list. Your list needs to get bigger and braver. <laughs> I always tell my kids, you know, because they're, they're little daredevils. Yeah. And I always say, you know, risk is some, you know, there's different types of risk mm -hmm. and adventurous risk, like physical risk is just not my thing. But mm. I take lots of risks in other ways. Mm. Um, but yeah, I definitely have a roadblock on adventurous <laughs> risk. Look, but what you're doing is, is just as big, you know, because n someone else would not even begin to dream that they could be, they would have the voice to say anything about what's going on in their world. So public speaking is, yes. is something that's not a, you know, it's, 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 yeah. up, it's, up, it's up there. So yes. And I've been speaking out against racism mm -hmm. and political issues for like 20 years. And for a long time, I was like yes. the only one who was doing that. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I do think that that's, you know, where, that's where my lane, my good comfortable lane of risk is. But okay. I could probably stretch. I could stretch. <laughs> yeah, you You're can. inspiring me, Victoria. <laughs> That's good. You inspire me too. <laughs> okay. So tell me about a book that you've read recently that you loved or that inspired you. Well, the one that I'm reading right now is, is Story Brand. Um, and it is- Don Miller? But, yeah, Don Miller. Mm -hmm. and, and the thing is, for me, is the, the need to remain um, viable in business and as we get older, um, our legacy, it, the word legacy always, you know, stands out uh, in front of me all the time because I'm, I'm trying to figure out how best I could inspire somebody else. You know, we've done all these things and, uh, you know, someone looks at you and you're like, oh my gosh, you did that, that is amazing. I, I never thought I would have, you know, we all have a story that can inspire someone. And so that is where um, I'm at right now, trying to refine what uh, my story is and how I could use that to, to continue to inspire other people and just encourage them to, to go for it. Yeah. 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 I, I was told somebody the other day, I, I have these days, for some mm -hmm. reason, I'm having more fun helping other people with their businesses mm -hmm. than I am, you know, running my own. Yeah. I mean, I love, I love coaching, but it's, okay. the, you know, the inner side of the business yes. part. But I yeah. love helping. And as you've talked today, mm -hmm. my brain was like thinking of all the stories that you could start using in your marketing. I just want mm. you to know that. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll be talking to you soon after this. <laughs> I was. I was like, oh, that could be a really great. <laughs> yeah. That's just the way my brain works. I, I was okay. a journalist for 10 years. Oh, wow. Okay. For like, for the first 10 years out of journalism, I think I spent every day like writing headlines. Mm. I would just write, go through my whole life like, oh writing headlines just yeah you know there's another, there's another gym <laughs> yep. yeah Good. okay so final question who mm -hmm. is someone you admire for their courage and authenticity <sighs> many many people but the person that stands out today is stacy abrams mm. yeah yes. um to be so uh, driven even after she uh wasn't successful in her um uh, becoming a governor for um, her state, anybody might have fallen, you know, into pieces after that, uh, especially after how it turned out. But that is the fuel that just rocketed her to where she is. And today she's a Nobel Peace Prize um, nominee. nominee. Yes. You know? Amazing. It is, it's, amazing. it's just, it's, it's incredible. It is incredible. And if there's a story about how not to give up, she's a perfect example. 
So she is, she is. not yeah, only, so- not only not giving up, but rising like a Phoenix. Yes. As a result. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, talk about fierce. I mean, yeah. She's like, what? I agree. She's it amazing. Is, it is. And I'm like, you know, that, and for us as, as women and especially black women to see that and then look at Kamala today. I mean, it, if it doesn't get you off the seat to at least clap your hands and cheer, you know, <laughs> yes. it, it, it has to do something to you uh, and, and for you to propel you to do what you need to do for yourself as well, because you too have a story to tell and, and someone else to inspire, you know, uh, you don't have to be sitting in some high chair somewhere. Your yeah. little story is needed to lift somebody else up. I think this is, you know, I've, I've haven't talked about this before, but I really hate social media a lot mm-hmm. right now. It's okay. there's a lot of things that are bad about it, and that mm-hmm. has, but the fact that is is that it is the reason that so many women yeah. of color at, can rise up and have a voice and be seen and found and deliver mm-hmm. their mm-hmm. goods in the world. Unlike the way the capitalistic system used to work, where you yeah. just have to have these newspaper ads. Yeah. And it really has given a voice to the people. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and while that might be our demise, because it's just so overwhelming and noisy and crowded. And yeah, but it's yeah. it's beautiful to witness, you know, all of these beautiful people who I would have never heard of before. We never would have, yeah. No, I mean I follow yeah. black gardeners. I follow black male gardeners on Instagram. <laughs> and I'm gonna be honest, it's like my favorite thing. Okay. <laughs> I mean, but I didn't know that they were black men gardening. I didn't know either. Now I'm gonna have to I'll go, go find them. I'll hook you up. I mean, I know them all. <laughs> okay. I well, gar- plant, you know, they they, yeah. gar- they have plant, indoor plants. Mm-hmm. I'm an indoor mm-hmm. plant person. I like outdoor, okay. but I really yeah. like indoor plants. And yeah. so I follow a lot of black gardeners. Uh-huh. Black, I don't know, plant people. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they're called you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I would have never, I mean, th- that, that exploded this in 2020. Yeah. That, yes. that was not available to me. Okay. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. never saw yeah. the, it just, that's what, to me, that's what really has been amazing about social media is mm-hmm. that now on Instagram, I can, I can find people who align with my values who mm-hmm. I would have never found before. So yeah, it is amazing that way. And I think Stacey Abrams has really used that social media platform to grow yes and connect yes, with people yes um yes. so thank you for thank you for that because she's she is amazing and you kind mm-hmm. of launched me into a whole soapbox but <laughs> <laughs> everything so, is as it should be <laughs> exactly that's what I love about these these podcasts yeah uh so thank you thank you for sharing your story and your brave yes, yes. um yes. where would you like people to connect with you what's the best way for them to find you so I am on Facebook as Gusa by Victoria. Um, I'm also on um, Instagram. I'm also on um, LinkedIn. So all these spaces, um, you can, they, you, you know, everybody can find me there. Um, I'm also really working hard to grow that part of, of, of um, you know, my social media presence needs to be bigger than it has been. And, you know, as we're talking, I'm, I'm realizing that the residue of the person that I was in the construction industry is still there because I spent so much time um, in the construction industry 
it feels like I didn't, I haven't practiced enough of what I'm doing now for people to pay attention to, to what I'm doing. So that imposter syndrome is something we're always struggling with. And that's why I always have to, you know, read books and be around people and surround myself with people that are doing, you know, things to, to remain um, on the cutting edge of things, uh, so to speak. But yeah, so those are the places they will find me. Okay, excellent. Yes. Well, we'll make sure we add those links to the show notes. All right. And uh, so that people can find you and connect with you. Cool. And say, again, thank you so, so much. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Brave Yes show. If you liked this episode, please leave a review. Let us know what you're thinking, how it's going for you. And please send it to a friend who you know may resonate with the message of this episode. Thank you so much. And again, don't forget, if you are struggling with figuring out what your Brave Yes Leap is going to be, or if you already know what it is and you need help making it happen, I offer free soul clarity coaching sessions just to see if we're a good fit for coaching together. I use a very strategic yet soulful coaching method to help you unearth your inner longings and make them happen. Click the link to schedule your free session.